Just before we get started, the Second Act Podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations. This includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Sutsina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. But now that we've paid respects to people that were here before us, let's start the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Act podcast, and today's guest is a unique Second Act. Well, I, I saw Andrea on LinkedIn, and and she's coaching people that are doing the Second Act, people that are that are looking for ways to get away from what they're currently doing and move on to the next part of their life. And, and I'll admit, originally, I just thought that I might be able to get a hold of somebody who's fits with, with the... Uh, theme of the podcast and she might know some people but then she came back and said she'd come on and and sitting down with her was just an incredible you know hour of my life to sit down and and hear her point of view on all of it i i was blown away by what goes into all of coaching somebody to find their second act well and andrea's act herself was kind of a a unique second act like i mentioned it's not it wasn't so much a leap of faith as she knew she was unhappy and she planned it out there wasn't like a real catalyst that sent her and she had to figure something out she just knew that she wanted to be doing something different and she she planned it out she took caution and it this podcast was incredible and it really just shows how no two second acts are the same everyone has their own unique story and even someone who has worked the same job all their life they also have a second act, and it's just really incredible to listen to someone who has a slightly different second act. Yeah, I think that's an incredible takeaway from that, Liam, is that no two second acts are the same because hers, you know, she talks about um, getting fired and, and being, you know, pushed out the door to do it, and and she knew she wasn't happy. She knew she wasn't going to do it forever, but it wasn't, you know, she had a great job as a, as a CPA in, in a big company, and uh, she was never going to walk away from it. And then when she got pushed out, now she's doing this incredible thing. She was a single mom with two kids living in the lower mainland, a very expensive place to live. Um, and she's made a go of it. And now she gets to do what she loves to do, which is all we can ever hope to do in this life. So why don't we just uh, quit talking about her and let her talk about it herself? Please welcome Andrea Horbath. Thank you so much for having me. Or thank you for asking me. Well, that's um, not the most common response we get when we reach out to people blind, but uh, we'll take it every time we do. And it, it is really cool to sit down and talk to somebody who, you know, is is in the space of people that are working on their second act. And and like I said, when early on, I was like, man, this lady could be a pipeline to the next hundred episodes of my, of my podcast um, because so many people are doing it. And a lot of people don't even realize that, um, you know, they're making a pivot and finding something or maybe that's a little more fulfilling for them. Absolutely. It's happening more and more often. And certainly 2020 was the kickoff for a lot of people looking for change. Yeah, I think that's the the important distinction to make is that change was always there. Change was always around us. And until it really affected our life, um, I think we just kind of rolled with it and, and made do with as much normalcy quote unquote as as we could get by with and then 2020 happened and there was just so much that was out of our control change was abundant and not necessarily 
looked upon favorably and people had to figure out how to take control of what they could and make those changes for themselves. Yes, absolutely. That was certainly part of it because when something is out of your control like that, and we were all dealing with it, it wasn't like it was, it was, it was really isolated. And that's part of the situation is that so many people were thrown into that. But what also happened was things slowed down. And because things slowed down, people had time with their thoughts. When often we keep so busy in our society, right? Where it's go, 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 go. And it's distraction after distraction. All of a sudden, you know, we didn't have those distractions. Well, and, and a lot of times, because we're not as comfortable, uh, even if we do have an opportunity to slow down, like when we're on a vacation or something like that, the idea of being, you know, alone with your thoughts is not always the most tempting, right? People will find something <laughs> to do to avoid that. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right in that. But this was kind of thrown. And, it, and it, you know, there's always blessings in these situations that are challenging, right? And this truly is one of them. People have gone, I, I don't know if I'm really where I want to be. But what does that mean? Where do I go next? What do I do? Well, and at, at this point, with the way, you know, the, the internet is and, and how small the world's become, it's it's really daunting to go the other direction and start to look for assistance or help in, in something like, you know, ex exploring a second act, because there's so many places to go. There's so many people that are purporting to be able to help you with it. There's so many people that have had success and want to tell you how to do it their way that I think lots of people still will probably just trudge along in something that isn't filling their cup completely in the interest of it, the familiarity of it. Well, that's very true. Unfortunately, though, typically what happens is once you have the inkling, once you have the nudge, and you know you're not, I, I use the word alignment a lot because that's really when you're in alignment with yourself and what you want, what you really want for your life, it doesn't go away. So we can distract ourselves a little bit further for a bit longer, but it does keep coming back. I mean, which is what happened with me. <laughs> it took me a number of years to get to my place where I am in alignment, but it took me a while and it just didn't go away. It just gets louder and louder. So why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the trials and tribulations that that led you to where you are today and, and give us an idea of, of what you're doing today. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, so I did everything by the book which I'm sure a lot of your listeners did as well. I was a CPA in the corporate world and management, um, climbed the corporate ladder, doing all the right things, you know, was, had all the right education. And by all, you know, by all views, I looked successful, but it was all on paper, right? Deep down, I knew it wasn't for me. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel aligned. Um, I was bored, stressed out. And I just had that feeling deep within me that something wasn't right. So I, and, and I was, this was many years ago now, and there wasn't as many resources as there are now. And I just began searching and I really didn't know what I was doing. All I knew was I wasn't happy where I was. And so I had to figure it out. So I just, I just started a quest and that's kind of what I call it because that's what it felt like. It felt like a quest, just talking to anybody, doing anything. And the journey, you know, went down a lot of different paths <laughs> along the way. Uh, to figure out what it is that I want to do. And more importantly, I think is why, because that's what really, you know, you could do a million different things, right? There's so many options out there, but what it really comes down to is why, why will it work for you? And why is it in resonance with you? Like, what is the why behind it? What's your why? I think that's a question that we've, 
tackled a number of different times um, in the first, you know, 100 episodes of my pod. Um, but it's it's a, a, a kind of a something recurring, you know, theme that comes up with people that, you know, they, they don't understand what exactly to do, but they just know that this ain't it. Whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. whether they're a CPA or a school teacher or, you know, uh, there's a number of different vocations that have been been, been cited over the, the last couple of years, but it's it's that yearning for for the fulfillment or or the knowing that you're not fulfilled that draws them into doing something different. And you said that there wasn't a lot or as many, I guess, resources at the time. What was those first couple of steps for you? What did that look like? How big of a leap of faith was it for you to start poking around and trying to figure out if there was a little bit more out there for you? There was a lot of steps because my my journey went back to like I originally started my journey to to the second act, which is really what I call actually I call my life definitely is in two phases. Like there there definitely is like I think your title is brilliant because it's exactly what it describes. There were so many steps, and really it's about learning about yourself. Now when I say why, like I think a lot of people get really intimidated by that. Like there's this big why. And so they don't do anything because they I'll never figure it out or I can't get it. When I say why, I mean why this will work for me too. Because we want fulfillment. Well, how do you get fulfillment? Right? And we can switch, like I said, to a million different careers. But until you know why one will work in particular for you. So I had to figure out that one because I could see I had a lot of options. I mean, I had a lot of education. I was doing well in my career. So it's a matter of figuring out what works for you. And that's what I had to figure out. I had to go inward to myself to figure out what makes me tick. So if I'll give you an example. For me, I require connection. And that's something I learned along the way. So I need to feel connected to people. I, I'm a very spiritual person, so I feel connected to source and everything else. But I actually need connection in my daily life for me to feel fulfilled so i need to pick a career that actually makes me feel fulfilled but i had to figure that out and how do you figure that out and you can see as an accountant that wasn't happening (laughs) it just there wasn't a lot of connection so so it's easier to switch to something when you understand it at a deeper level you understand how you function as a person because we're all so unique but we, we toss away those unique traits and abilities often as you know this just a quirk i have or sometimes it's actually looked upon negatively so we just disregard it like it's a bad thing but in truth they're actually what make us brilliant well and you you mentioned that you were doing all the right things in your career and and so often that is allowing those edges or those quirks to be smoothed off so that you fit into the role so that the people that are managing it it's easier for them, right? If they have, you know, eight CPAs working in a role, it's a lot easier if they can kind of take all those quirks and, and tone them down so that you can manage those eight people somewhat similarly, even though you might have somebody like yourself who is pining for that connection, which you may not necessarily associate with a, with a profession like, like being out being an accountant, right? You're absolutely right. And then what happens is because we we rounded those edges off, which you said so beautifully, we don't even see them anymore. Right. We we don't even see them. And we just become we become quite robotic in showing up, just trying to fit in. 
and we we become so disconnected from who we actually are and those are the beautiful parts of us and when you're in the right career you actually want and need those traits and qualities they're not a negative they're actually valuable so you're talking about you know um in this role doing all the right things and and seeing you know an opportunity maybe for things to get a little bit you know different and try something different what is the the process of of first feeling it out and then deciding because to take a step i mean a, a cpa in the corporate world you climb the ladder um it, there has to be a reasonable thought about just holding your breath for you know a few more years and getting yourself to a position where you can you know walk away i guess um you know before not before it's too soon how did it look when when you just decided that day that you were going to do something different it wasn't a day it was it was literally years it took me years to figure it out and and there was always a knowing in the back of my mind to, to figure out what it was and so it was really a journey inward so i had to figure out like i said what made me fulfilled what was it and it was actually a book eventually i read that i like i didn't even really understand what coaching was but when i read the book what i realized was that this is what i did naturally all the time like this is actually what i love doing i also had a moment where i realized all the personal development i was doing wasn't for me anymore like it wasn't just about me i'm like why do i keep want to learn i i can't stop learning about how people function so it was once i read a, a book and i put the two together and i went oh oh my gosh i'm meant to be coaching like was there a term for it then was it coaching that you knew was your thing or was this is this like a hindsight thing where you understand now looking back on it after after a bunch of years of it not in, no once i read the book it was actually written by a coach and that's oh. when i went this is it like this is truly it because like i said i was doing it in my natural state with family friends people i work with i just didn't realize there was an actual career to that right at that time so did you did you walk right away from from your accounting career to start or did was this a multi-layered approach this was definitely a multi-layered approach it took me about a year until i signed up for a program so what i did was i signed up for a coaching program this whole time i was a single parent so the thought of quitting my six-figure corporate CPA job to doing this self-employed honestly terrified the crap out of me. Pardon my language, but, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but terrified me. Like, how am I actually going to make this work? So I took the program and I started coaching on the side because that's, I mean, there's a, there's a point where you also need to do that because you need, there's so much you do need to learn, especially going from corporate to being self-employed. There's a whole different mindset that needs to go into that. There was a lot I needed to learn. So I started doing it on the side. I started creating videos and I was terrified of it, which <laughs> anytime you do switch something to your more purposeful career, there often is something out of your comfort zone. So I had to learn how to do videos. I had to learn about being okay on camera, which also terrified me. So there was a lot of steps and stages that I did while in my corporate career and I was building it. And honestly, I was building my career, you know, this career on the side, but I still did not see the pathway. Like I didn't see it. And I kept thinking to myself, the moment will come when I know. 
Like I just had this feeling that I'll know when it's time to make the leap. And the moment came, um, although it was not a moment I thought it was going to come, <laughs> but it doesn't always come the way it does. I was actually fired from my job, which I had thought a few times it could have happened. It, I tend to be a little bit of a rebel sometimes in my work. Um, and I followed uh, myself to my own beat a little bit. I knew a few times that there was a possibility of me getting fired. Um, and it finally happened. And when it happened, I went, oh, like, this is the universe telling me it's go time. This is the moment you've been literally waiting for. That was the sign. And so I took it as a blessing. And I went, okay, this is it. We're, I'm going in. And I did. So, you know, I say to people all the time when they're doing this, you're never going to feel ready. You will never feel ready. For me, I had to get pushed out. Yeah. Thankfully, I had it built up. Like I, I was well on my way. I knew what it was. I had foundational pieces in place. So I was very grateful that I had done all those things. But I speak to many people all the time who don't, who get fired. It's so much more common than we could possibly imagine. When you know you're not in alignment, it happens quite frequently. Oh, yeah, I believe that. I, I, well, I lived it myself. The same sort of thing happened to me. I was in a situation where I was deeply unhappy. I had approaching 15 years in, so I wasn't going to walk away from it, but I was sure doing a lot of things to give them an opportunity to ask me to leave, and finally they did. And, um, and that was one of the things that kind of, you know, I had the idea for this podcast before that, but that was one of the ideas that kicked it into place was because I didn't know whether I was going to be on a sec in my second act. And I thought, let's talk about it because I do believe that it happens more than people believe. You know, everyone thinks that everyone that moves jobs, you know, does it on their own terms for their own reasons. And that's just not the case. Absolutely. It is much more common. And what I think often happens too is when I talk to people, like, I don't think anybody gets really excited about changing careers. It can sound quite daunting. Like it can sound like a lot until you start to dive into it. Also realize there's, there's things you can do to make it easier for yourself. But I think often we do think it'll just go away. The thought will just go away or I'll just be okay where I am. And I talk to people, I'll have a conversation with them. I'm like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I'll literally hear from them six months later and they'll be like, I got fired. I got let go. And then they've kind of backed themselves into a corner because now they're, they don't have necessarily the resources or the time. But we, I think we often do think that we've got this infinite time to figure it out. And we don't always have that. Right. I mean, and I'm proof of that. Like I don't say any of this with any judgment whatsoever because I walked that path. I well, know what that's like. You think you've got forever to figure it out. And that's, I mean, the, the, part about this notion of having forever to figure it out um you know eventually people figure that like they understand that they don't because that's they whether it's an external forever or an internal forever i just can't keep doing this i'm going to go do it somebody comes along and says you can't keep doing this please go and do it somewhere else and and that's the the beauty of it is that nothing lasts forever absolutely 100% true. And once we can start to embrace that, and like you said, too, it could be an internal nudge, like, what do you really want? Do you want to be happy now? Do you want to feel joy now? Or do we want to keep putting it off? Did you have an entrepreneurial bent to to your life at all while you were in your corporate role? Were you always kind of 
eyeing up side hustles and different things or, or were you very much committed to that kind of corporate lifestyle where where you were you know not not necessarily looking around you for other ways to 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 make money or to do something on your own I think I really started to embrace the entrepreneurship lifestyle in my late 20s um I got divorced in my early 30s and I took I ended up having to take a couple years off uh, once I had my oldest daughter, she had some medical issues. This is what started my whole second act, really, truthfully. And I didn't want to ever go back. I knew I didn't fit. I've, I've always known that I think differently. Ever since a teenager, I've always known I've looked at the world differently. I haven't understand, you know, understood the world, really, at its core. And so once I hit my late 20s, I'm like, this isn't free, but I didn't know what to do. I got divorced. I had two small kids and, you know, reality was I needed to go back to work. They were two and three at the time. This was not the time to start an entrepreneurial no. journey. So it was always part of me. And I was lucky for many years that I actually worked for somebody who very much had the entrepreneurial spirit. And he taught me a lot along that journey with him. So I was really lucky. So it was building in me for a long time. And I think there's a bit of a rebel in me, which is so bizarre considering I was an accountant like there's <laughs> the two just don't really go together but I do think and I I had a vision for myself of being able to work anywhere in the world like that was a real vision for me and so I needed to figure out how to get there which is so counterintuitive to the way that we're you know taught as you know you and I aren't I, I don't think that far apart in age like we were taught coming up and you what do you want to be when you grow up you go and prepare yourself for that and you don't think about things like where do i want to live what kind of a lifestyle do i want to live do i want to have freedoms do i want to have this kind of do i want summers off do i want to have to work hard in the summer and take winters off or do i want to work all these different questions that we were never taught to ask ourselves we just took the job that we thought we were going to be good at and put in our 35 years and that was life and now everyone understands that there's so much more to life that they want all these other things and it's available out there if you're willing to put yourself in a situation so it's it's interesting to to come across that in your you know early late 20s early 30s and be able to pivot towards it you know it, and it's so true i i i talk about this as being on autopilot for so many years because it's exactly what we do we go on autopilot we just do what we're supposed to right and it's interesting when I realize that, you know, and I tell people this because I think it's important to hear. I had no idea how I was going to do it. I had zero idea of how I was ever going to create a career where all I needed was a laptop and a phone. Well, at the time, I didn't know it was a phone because that was, that was many years ago. Yeah. But I didn't have any clue. And this is often what I will suggest to people who are just starting to think about, okay, so what do you want to do? List everything you want and don't filter it. Don't filter what you think is possible, what you've been told, what you've been conditioned, you know, whatever gender you are or where you live. We put all these filters on, right? And we actually lose the essence of what we really want. And then break that list down and say, what are my non-negotiables? Like, what do I absolutely have to have in my next career? For me, it was being completely mobile. That was, that's a top of, top of my list. It will probably always be, but you you know, narrow down, what is it you absolutely need and don't give it up because the moment you give it up, well, you just, you've just given up what you really want. 
yeah. right? But our, our monkey brain does this thing where we go, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? And that's where we get really stuck because there has to be an element of surrender because we have been so conditioned to follow what we're supposed to do, right? So, so when you're putting it out there, you've read this book, you've got this entrepreneurial, you know, mentor that's showed you some of the ropes, you've put some foundational pieces in places, uh, your employer, you know, agrees to let you pursue that full time. And what, what do you like, was there a, a market out there for people that needed coaching? What kind of people were you like, were you trying to do business coaching? Were you trying to do personal development coaching? Um, what, what, what did that little, you know, next phase of your life, the exploratory portion of, of building your business? What was that like? It was actually really, really interesting. When I first started coaching, while I was still employed, I actually became what, I don't even know what I call myself, but a spiritual coach, essentially. Because um, that's the basis of what I do, is really connecting with yourself. And what I actually did, as soon as I got fired, as you said, they agreed to let me go, I actually hired a coach myself. Because I knew, well, time was of the essence, I need support. And so I hired a coach and we went through a whole process. He walked me through of a figuring out what is my next step. Because I was sort of happy what I was doing, but not completely. I knew I needed to pivot. And so he walked me through a whole process of figuring out what is it I wanted to do. And we came to this because I feel so passionately about it because it took me a so long to figure it out. Like it took me a long time to figure it out. And second of all, I also know how different I feel and I want other people to experience this too. And so he said to me, well, figure out what you did, what you needed to know and write a process, like document it all and teach other people how to do what you did. And, it, you know, when we had these conversations, it was like light bulbs. It's like, well, yeah, what else would I do? Like it became so obvious. But again, the foundation of this whole thing is not just go out there to pick a career. That's not what this is about. This is truly about what do you want? And let's create that. And how do you work? And how do you operate? What do you want for your life? Let's make that happen. Because that's the journey that I went on. Because I knew there was more. And I just kept going until I could figure it all out. It's about connecting with yourself first. The interesting part to me about that is you you really leaned into kind of the, the you needed a coach. Like you knew time was of the essence and you didn't want to waste any steps. Um, and, and, you know, when you talk about like somebody who performs in theater or professional athletes, actors, they all understand that concept that I have a limited, finite amount of time to prepare for this. I need to have somebody who can help me get to peak performance as quick as possible. And and it, it would be laughable for them to try and do anything without a coach. And then in real life, people don't don't think like that at all. And and I think we're changing that a little bit because there are people out there that do make their living coaching. But I still think that that in a position like you were at when you're, you know, maybe at your most vulnerable, right? You've just been been relieved of your of your job. Your move was to say, I need help with this. I'm going to hire a coach. Are you seeing more of that in your career where people understand the value that a coach like that can bring? Or are we still working towards uh, illustrating some of that value? I think we're getting there, but it's slow. 
and yeah. I and I believe part of it is we've been conditioned that that's weak. Like right. we should be able to figure it out. And I'll admit, I was like that years ago. But that was me to a T. If I have to ask for help, it's it's weakness. Why can't I figure this out? And so I do believe that there is a cultural shift happening and needs to continue to happen. We're not supposed to do this alone. Any of this whole life thing. We're we're supposed to work together. Well, and it's interesting to see people in your life that are successful that you know purport that they've done this, made these decisions, figured this stuff out. And then you get to know them and you start to understand their story. And it was like, wait a second, you had all these mentors all the way along helping you with this and a mentor by any other name. You know what I mean? It's no different, whether it was an arrangement or just happenstance. Nobody gets to the top of the heap without getting that kind of help in their life. That's exactly true. That is exactly it. And I think that is so important. You talk to anybody who's uber, uber successful and they will, that's exactly what they'll say. They've got coaches at the yin yang. They've yeah. got people supporting them at every angle. And yet for some reason we decide that we all don't need them or it's, it's, it's just not part of our culture yet. It's a very strange phenomenon. When you're, when you're working with people or, or you're selecting the people that you're going to work with when, when somebody reaches out to you and asks for some help what are some of the things you look for in a prospective client to tell you whether that person's um, going through the motions or they're really at the point where they need some help or they don't know what they need but what they're doing isn't working well i have a conversation with anybody i would be working with so there there's usually it's about half an hour to 45 minutes so i have a lot of questions that i go through essentially what it comes down to no matter what somebody's experience is because we've all had experiences we've all uh, got a story right and it's they're important stories what it comes down to is a first of all are you ready like that's a big one are you ready is now the time can you commit to this and surrender there has to be an element of surrender to the process because the more we try to control and hold on, that's often what we do, right? We don't want change and because no one really loves change. But if somebody's really, really holding on to the past and what's happened to them in the past, that can really hold them back. So first of all, most importantly is, you know, are they ready? Are they honest? Are they willing to be honest and open? Um, and for me also, it comes down to, do we just click? Right. I'm going to be working intimately with this person. We're one-on-one -on -one working together. Do we connect? Do we click? Um, those are those are big pieces right there as well. But it's really a lot of it is just, are you ready to do the work? Ready to to dig down and figure out what it is? Because the sooner we do it, the sooner you can move on and experience more joy, truthfully. Right? Well, it it would be like any relationship with a coach, like doing something is better than doing nothing but but there's different kinds of coaches for different kinds of results and you have to find what what the person wants and to your point how much work they're willing to put in and then you have to play to your strengths too you know if you if you do two or three things particularly well and there's a couple of things you're striving towards and it comes up in your discovery that this person really needs the things that you're you're still striving at you know that's not the best use of anyone's time to to, to go and do that. You have to have those kind of honest conversations with yourself as the coach too. 
oh, absolutely. Can I actually help them? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's one of the absolute questions is can I help them or is and, and I mean I've turned people away. Like I said, just you're either you're not at the place or I'm not the right person. Or some people just want to pivot, you know, is stay in a C suite and they just need somebody it's like I'm not your girl. Like I'm yeah. not your coach. And that's not that's not what I am about. I want to work with people who want to live their best life and who want to really tap into what it is they really want. It's it's a very telling thing to say for your example that you use the c-suite i think those of us that have worked in corporate you know we hear that these executives are doing this development and then you watch the way that they interact the way they lead the way they do their job and you're just like this this is after a bunch of work this is the person you're presenting like what was that person beforehand but you got to remember that a powerful person is not often accustomed to hearing what they don't like to hear so they have to you have to assume that that their coach is telling them the things that they need to hear and not what they want to hear for them to get you know that noticeable improvement that somebody three or four runs down the ladder might notice in a town hall three four times a year right and so it's so interesting that you talk about this court because one of the things when i talk to people who are in corporate is people in corporate are really tired of all the double speak and the way executives and and the leaders and organizations talk that's one of the things they're just really really frustrated is just a lacking of authenticity and just real conversations and real people showing up in a real way and that's one of the things that's driving people out of corporate yeah and i think that's you know now that like i say the world's a small place with the advent of the internet you know you can see good leaders you know, you can go to a TED Talk, watch a TED Talk, or you can go, you know, notice a company that's doing well and you can go and dig into their culture a little bit. And and they, they don't typically have the skeletons in the closet of a, of a CEO laying 300 people off via Zoom very ham-fistedly, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot more care and effort that's put into their, their message. And I think if you're a professional, you can always um, appreciate that work, even if you don't love the message. Whereas if all you ever see is the wrong message handled poorly, it makes it really tough to give them enough equity to give them the benefit of the doubt. It is really challenging. And like I said, after the last few years, people just want a real conversation. They want to be treated like a human and, and not just, you know, really a number. Yeah. And so we're seeing this, and we're going to continue to see this a lot more. People are calling out those leaders who are not necessarily in integrity. We're going to see them being called out more and more because the patience has run out with a lot of people, you know, of accepting that this has to be the way it is. There are different ways of doing things. We just have to be open to them. You know, if, if somebody was to reach out to you and say, you know, these are the things that I'm, I'm looking for and you guys you do your your hour discovery call with them typically like what are you are you do you have a program that you kind of you know is the bones of it are built and you tailor towards somebody to to help them along to their second act or, or is each person so individual that you kind of have your your skills and your your tactics that you apply to them or what does that look like so i i work right now with people one-on-one -on -one exclusively and i've got a 90-day program and I do have a process that I walk people through. So like I said earlier, I took all the pieces that I needed to know for my career change, my fulfillment needs, 
all, all kinds of different criteria. And it's a process I walk people through. And then once we get to the end of that process, we look at the vision, like, what do you want? Remember I talked about listing those things about what is it you actually want for yourself and your lifestyle. And by the time we get through all those pieces, a picture has formed. And so it is a process, but it's completely customized. So it's a combination of both. And then once we have that picture, it's then going out and really getting more of the details of what that career looks like. And it's, you know, when you first get the picture, it's a broad picture, right? But then you have to start looking into research and how do I fit into this and how can I make this work and all different components of that. It's also about learning how to make decisions differently in your career because when most of us picked our career, we went on autopilot. We did this exactly what you talked about. We went to school, we got a job, we did all those supposed to's. We didn't really tap into ourselves and listen to ourselves, right? And so when you are switching to something that's more in alignment with you, it's about always connecting with yourself and asking yourself, does this make sense for me? And that's a completely new way of doing things for most people. Because most of the time we look to the outside world to tell us what to do. It's well, completely. We do. A, we make a lot of decisions based on what the people around us need as well, too, right? Like, how is this decision going to affect my spouse or my child or my boss or my coworkers? And there's lots of times where you know that it's not the decision you would make for yourself, but you're doing it anyways, right? Yeah, and there's always a fine line, right? There's a fine line between doing, say, if it is your spouse, you're gonna, obviously going to work with your spouse and your family. But too often, it, it, the it imbalance is actually looking towards something outside of us. So picking a career that's in alignment with you, it is about reconnecting with yourself and checking with yourself, does this make sense? You know, like you talked about at the beginning, when you reached out to me, when, you know, when I do receive requests for podcasts, and I'm like, nope, you know what I mean? It's just, this doesn't feel good. There's something that doesn't resonate with me. And it's a no. With yours, I read it. I'm like, yeah, this is really cool what he's doing. I love what he's doing. So it was it was an obvious yes for me. But we don't often do that. You could be in an autopilot situation when you're going, yes, to a podcast. If I was somebody who was like, I want to do podcasts, just say yes to everyone. But when you're actually in alignment, it's about picking and choosing all the situations and circumstances that feel good, that align with your values and your beliefs and who you are and what you want. And most people are not in the habit of doing that. I think there's um, there's a bunch of things I think you want to be, you know, there's some ego in it and there's like the podcast specifically. Uh, there's the, you want to be, you know, get your name out and be liked. And, and you know, there's, there's a bunch of drivers, but, um, you know, I appreciate you having a look at mine and, and feeling like it was you know aligned and genuine enough that it was worth your time because there's a lot of people that don't feel that you know and and it's always nice to sit down and, and have these conversations with somebody who's put that level of, of diligence into the work that they do in this in this space because as i'm finding there's a lot of people that have podcasts out there and sometimes it can get you know pretty tough to to find something new to talk about, which is why I like talking about people's mm. second act so much. Everybody's story is different. You know, you can have 10 people on and even if they've all, they were all CPAs who decided to go out on their own, <laughs> all of those stories are going to be different to a degree, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really neat way of living. Like I say, when people start to live in alignment too, 
it's just a more fun way of living. <laughs> yeah. It really is because, you know, it's, it's about honoring yourself and that's what we should be doing. We should be honoring ourselves. Yes, honoring the people around us as well, but too often we don't honor ourselves. And when you do, life just gets to be a lot more fun. <laughs> it just really does. I, I, I want to be respectful of your time, but I do have a couple of things that I, I want to follow up on. One of the, and you mentioned it a couple of times, is you, you, you talk about your spiritual path and that, you know, that's a word that can be kind of taken under a number of different contexts. I'm curious what, you know, the, the application of your spiritual beliefs and that, how that affects your, your life, not necessarily your day to day life, but just the mm -hmm. overall you know, how you present and the people you take in, how you interact with them. That's a great question because you're right. It's, it can be interpreted so many different ways for me personally. In my experience, it's about, first of all, staying connected to myself, understanding I'm whole and complete exactly as I am and, and truly connecting with myself. The second, you know, big layer to this is understanding and, and having a, a respect for there's something greater than me out there. And I trust that it's about having trust in faith that the universe is kind, wise and loving. Because without that, we often get so stuck in fear. And fear stops us dead in our tracks, right? But when we can, we can really look towards for me looking towards something that's greater than me, that is that wise, kind and loving. And it's about me connecting with that and allowing myself to surrender to that. Also taking action, of course, it's the combination of the two. That's when that's when I can really feel at peace because that's what it's about for me. This whole journey is about coming back to me and feeling peace within myself. At the end of the night, when, when I go to bed at night, do I feel happy with how I showed up? Truly, do I, yeah. do I feel like I'm in integrity? Do I feel like I've listened and honored myself and my values? You know, so many people don't honor their values. That's when they start to get that inner turmoil, right? It's about honoring those those parts of yourself. Because when you can do that, that's when you feel inner peace and harmony. When you're managing all of all of the spiritual and and the work that you're doing, and you you know you're a mother and you have all these other things, how do you manage you know your own mental health? That can't be something that is uh, an autopilot thing in, in this entrepreneurial role that you're in now. Have you developed techniques to to make sure that Andrea is okay before you worry about everybody else? Oh, 100%. It's an absolute must. Um, I definitely have a support system. So I have my own coach. And I, I don't know if I'd ever be without one anymore, <laughs> to be truthful with you. So my own coach. And I've got a, I, I, I call her a business teammate. So she's somebody who has her own business. We just support each other. And my spiritual practices. So for me, going out in nature is mm. is significant. I go to nature a few times a week at least. And I know if I'm starting to feel drained, that I need to go out. And it's and it's a top priority. I don't I used to take it for granted and put it off. I can't do that anymore because I just know I just don't run at my optimum. So for me, it's the ocean or the trees. So I go out in nature and I recharge and reboot and get 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 back to it essentially. And I've learned over the years to do that much quicker now. So I don't let myself get down. Because I think what we do often is we get ourselves down, too far down the rabbit hole of feeling stressed out. So I catch myself faster than I ever right. used to, which has been really impactful. 
Well, I would have to think that's, you know, if you're not recharging your battery from zero every time, um, you know, that's, that's, you never get down that low. So you, and then getting back up to, to recharge again doesn't take as long and, and doesn't look as arduous. And I've done that before. I've let myself go completely to nothing and just been flat out, cannot move. Right. So I've done that. <laughs> and I learned from the, from that space that that's not the way to go for myself. <laughs> So the last question we always ask on, on the Second Act podcast is, um, it's kind of a little bit of an abstract one, but it, we like to talk about the idea of success and, and how people, you know, what they when they started on their original path, they had this idea of success. It was clearly not what they were getting. So they pivoted, they made a change, and they thought success was going to be something different. And now that they're on that path, I'm always curious to see what, what success looks like to them now on that path and how different it was from mm. what they thought it was going to be when they started. Oh, interesting. Before I started this, success certainly meant to me just climbing the corporate ladder and getting the title. That That's definitely what it was before. Didn't know any different. And now it's about actually being able to, to A, make a difference in this world. I want to leave an impact. I want to leave a positive impact in this world to also be able to show up authentically me because being in the corporate world, I felt like I was always wearing a mask. I was having to fit in as having to be somebody different. And that made me really, really unhappy. So to be able to show up and say what I want to say and do what I want to do and be actually me, like, this is me, this is me in my form. Like this, I don't put on an act. I don't do anything differently. So that to me, when somebody meets me and they can say, well, you're, you're just like you were on the videos. And I'm like, yeah, because that's me, right? That to me is one of the biggest markers of, of success in my life is when I can do that. I know, I know I'm doing okay. No, I'm doing, I know I'm doing good. Incredible conversation with Andrea. She was so forthcoming with what goes into helping people, you know, go along with what we're trying to do or try to talk about here. And she Lent the little tips and tricks, the little, you know, go get a coach for yourself. Everybody wants to perform at a high level, but in real life, nobody wants to, you know, get a coach to do it. And she talked about what goes into those decisions, what goes into doing the work up front to make sure that you're able to get out of it what you're what you're putting into it. And I think that's what I took away from it was the hard work that she's put into the second act, the career that she's doing now, and what she's hoping to get out of it. And she talks about how mobility is the number one non-negotiable thing and she's using it to her advantage at this point and she gets to go where she wants to go and do what she wants to do all well you know coaching people to to do exactly what we're trying to talk about here a hundred and so episodes in j- jump out and, and find what makes you going to make you tick on your second act uh, incredible podcast just so grateful to be finding these people that are willing to come on you know she talks about in the podcast how she gets asked to go on podcasts all the time and she typically doesn't do them. She, but this one kind of spoke to her. She, she really believes in the message that we're we're trying to spread, and that she really liked the fact that uh, that Liam helps us out with it. And that's that's part of all this for me too. You know, getting Liam to come in and help me out with it, and and learn a little something about him and and how we work together. I think that's something that a hundred episodes in. I think he's about seventy episodes in where he's actually on every every time. Uh, that's something that we're taking out of it too. So it's it's really cool to sit down and have these conversations and then listen back and have a discussion about what we're going to talk about in the intros. 
we always say when we're done these things that there are no wrong answers and there's no test at the end, so make the most out of every day. The Second Act Podcast would like to thank Ben Sound for the intro and outro music, Happy Rock. We would also like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, and give us any feedback you can. Thanks for listening.